Hi everyone, thanks for stopping by our table of disappointment. This is How They Got Away, the show where we discuss unsatisfying endings to your favorite unsolved or unpunished true crime and corporate greed stories. I'm your host, Annalise. I have my co-host. Hi, it's Kelsey. And then I have two guests for today. Sorry, I'm trying to laugh. It's Stephanie. And I'm the last guest, Anna. You know, we're going to be taking this very seriously, Stephanie. (laughs) Very serious. I don't know why, the way you said hi, it's Kelsey, you just got me. And I was hi, like, everyone, it's your girl. <laughs> hey, besties. Hey, besties. It's hey, me. Bestie. Pull up a chair to our table. Everyone's welcome. And when you leave or we kick you out, it'll be really disappointing. I like to imagine we're all at a brunch table and we all have like mimosas and we all yeah. just share like terrible news, but it's fine. It's fine that it's terrible news because we have like mimosas and good fruits and veggies. Like breakfast foods are objectively the best foods. They're the best foods. Like pancakes are literally just cake. You get to eat just cake for breakfast and that's acceptable. <laughs> other than dessert, what other meal time are you just like, yeah, just eat cake? Understandable. Uh, but I just eat cake often. We have nothing sweet here today. Oh, no. Unfortunately. <laughs> Only some bitter things. So today we're going to be talking about uh, BP, otherwise known as British Petroleum. Um, many of us probably don't recognize the brand as we say it. Just I kind only of- use American oil. You know, it all probably melts just into all oil brands. No, no, like, yeah, BP, I really was don't know the, BP was the one that like spilled, had the big oil spill with the ducks that everyone. Why do you think we're here, it? Stephanie? Obviously, they've Spoilers. done some bad things. I think we wouldn't be talking about them. We're not like, hi, guys, let's talk about this completely sustainable and wholesome company. Well, yeah, I guess. But of all the oil companies, I feel like it's the only one I know. I think a lot of people just kind of get it mixed in with the other oil companies. It is just a oil company that did that. But we are talking about BP that is right. And if you, th- the it has the sign that kind of looks like, they say it's a Helios logo. It just kind of looks like a green and yellow flower or sun. And that's their logo. So if you're ever driving around, that would be what you're looking for if you're looking for BP. But probably just, again, in the UK. We, I don't think we have any of those here in the u.s do we no we have those oh we do don't they yes. have like a all, different all name of the or incidents something? i'm talking about just about all of them happened in america they run and oh, operate wow. in america a lot yeah i've just never seen one we must not have any around here i don't yeah, think up here we I don't have any ready. but they're like further south you'll find a couple so we're going to be going through some of the biggest tragedies attributed to this company including 11 counts of felony manslaughter Only the biggest out of a litany uh, yeah, because, come on. And then one obstruction of Congress, which I found was wild. So we'll be talking about how this company was just, in a lot of different ways, cutting corners, I guess, and not no. doing their due diligence. Um, no. Many, many years. <laughs> not my that, oil companies. Is that not inherent capitalism? Not to go on a Marxist spiel. But any company that can will not do their due diligence for the sake of profit. I feel <laughs> I mean, like there's nothing more do? capitalist. Like, oh, oh, the money. I also feel like, and it's this is a little bit in part because like there's the classic image of the like oil tycoon. But I feel like there's almost 
almost nothing else except maybe more modern things like Bitcoin. The most capitalist companies are like oil companies because like the very thing that they do is directly against like sustainable living and like life in general. Understand. I think do you want to live? Fuck off. No. I think oil companies tend but, to have the worst reputations overall as well, just like as a whole. I don't. Yeah. I can't think of any oil company that were like, yeah, yeah. Get that oil. Yeah, please. sure, they destroy right. our planet slowly by burning fossil fuels. But, you know, they have a great 401k and a great comp- like uh, employee loyalty program. Like, no, okay. I've never heard of that. But, like, if they did have a great 401k. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, what we're going to be talking about today is how all of this, essentially, the company paid for these horrific events. And... They became known as a company with one of the worst worker safety records amongst large industrial companies operating in the United States. Yeah, I was going to say, does that include Amazon? You know, I actually don't know. But also, I think working in oil rig and then working at a warehouse, there's some like inherent dangers that are different. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Anyway. If you... They have a great 401k, but no one gets to cash in because everyone dies before they reach retirement. So, okay, I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm going to jump into a little bit of history about BP, not a ton, but just to give you some background. So I actually got this, a lot of this from their website. So, of course, you know. It's a little biased. So according to their website, their story is all about the transition from coal to oil, from oil to gas, from onshore to deep water. And then that's kind of where they get in trouble is deep water. (laughs) And then they are moving onwards to a bunch of mixed energy sources. The BP now, instead of just standing for British Petroleum, is supposed to stand for Beyond Petroleum because they're trying to diversify. Yeah, but that's like when Facebook tried to change their name to Meta. No. It's too late. I mean, it's still, their their main thing is oil. Like, they might be trying to do other things, which is, should be, first off, because finite resource. But also, BP just does worse and does, like, fracking. (laughs) Yeah, they'd just be like, oh, my God, fracking. There's no way that's not on the docket, though, for, like, for real. So essentially, the company started in 1901 when this man, William Darcy, was granted a 60-year concession to search for oil in Persia. He sends an engineer, George Reynolds, because he's not going himself. No. He's not not leaving. No. Anyway. So George Reynolds goes and starts drilling. It wasn't until uh, 1908 that they actually struck oil. And supposedly this, like, 25 meter, which is 82 feet. Um, fountain of oil burst into the sky. Yeah. So, and that's like back to like the classic oil tycoon image with yeah. capitalism. Like that is a classic image of like the oil spurting out of the water, but also the water, the land, but also like seven years and no oil. Like, what are you doing for those seven years? Do you just know. dig around some? Like, you gotta dig. Like that was twenty five. How long, how deep did they have to go to find the oil? Like, how di- deep do you got to dig these holes but tell you're sure I actually don't know, but I, I imagine, because nowadays we probably have technology that helps us, you know, pinpoint yeah. where these oil pockets are. It's probably a lot easier. They probably really were just mindlessly 
Charlie somewhat systematically, but not that great compared to today, trying to just dig pockets to see. Literally a fuck around and find out moment. Basically. And so um, once this happened, the new like oil company emerges. And at the time, it was called the Anglo-Persian Oil Company. And that was kind of established in 1909, which is what BP comes from. So they I just want to say the Anglo-Persian Oil Company makes it sound like it's this fancy. really like this coming together like international company that we're both working towards each other's best interests and I'm just like mm, that's no. not accurate. No. So they begin doing um, business with the British government to supply oil to the navy in 1914 and then the first world war began. And of course, that ramped up business as they needed more oil supplies. The company continued to mine (laughs) in the Middle East around the time of World War II. And they went through another name change to be the Anglo-Iranian Company. And then following a bunch of different mergers and dealings, they eventually in 1954 got the name British Petroleum, which is kind of what they're known by mostly. BP is kind of what it is today, but I think a lot of people, if you say British Petroleum, it might help them. So that's kind of the gist of it. But I have to mention, in these kind of dealings with countries, it's a lot of Middle Eastern countries, and it just makes me think of looking at the percentages and what it is. It kind of sounds like these poor countries are trying to keep up with the demand of European countries got cut some pretty rough deals. I don't think any of them are very great for the countries. No, because I bet they thought like, oh, there's oil been found in our country. And like, if we let them mine it, like some money will come into our nation and hopefully that'll help stimulate our economy. But like what they didn't realize is that, oh no, all of this is going to go to this other country and I'm sure maybe they saw some of it like I'm sure they saw a lot of jobs out of it I'm but sure they weren't I'm that. sure I'm here to tell us but I'm sure they were not preferable jobs so I don't have a lot about that we're focusing more on modern history but yeah there's really I'm thinking when I was looking at the percentages and I'm not a business-minded person so I don't really super know how it breaks down but just looking at it and thinking about it they had this wealth of oil and these companies buy out like majority share of this land and what is to it. So these countries kind of miss out on their own natural resource and having to rely on a um, big superpower like that to come in with a big company. Anyway, I just wanted to put and two I, cents in about that. Yeah. And I bet the other thing is too, is that a lot of these smaller nations, especially like right after big events like world wars don't have the resources to mine their own natural resource. Like it's expensive to mine yeah. oil. It's not like you can just do it. It's especially you just you dip heard, a bucket in. You're like, ah, yes, yeah. I've collected oil. And you heard it took seven years for them to strike oil in Persia. Yeah, like just to find it. Yeah. So they're probably in these other countries doing pretty similar stuff. And I mean, you have, I mean, struck oil is like a whole thing, whole saying. And so you can kind of imagine how much effort it takes to even get to that point, let alone harvesting it. So I'm going to start with some of its safety and history of disasters. I mostly kept it to this period of the 2000s, but one really stood out to me in an earlier point. 
So I'm going to start with that one and then we'll kind of transition into the 2000s. So this first one I want us to talk about is the Sea Gem. It was Britain's first jack-up oil rig and is known for making the first British discovery of natural gas in this sector in September 1965. And so jack-up oil rig is kind of an offshore drilling operation. It's those that have like the legs and then like the actual structure like above the water. So it's kind of like it's like standing on stilts. That's how I imagine it. That seems very, very safe. Mm. I feel very good about that. Here's the other I thing. Have a, oh, my, but wait, I have a question. Do you, yeah. you know Sealand? Yes. Is that where Sealand comes from? I have no idea. Because, like, I know it's, like, essentially one of those sorts of, like, I don't know if it was an oil rig specifically, but it's, like, one of those, like, little things on stilts. Mm-hmm. And I believe it used to be owned by someone in Britain. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's where Sealand comes from. Maybe. So these oil drillers, these get moved around is one of the other things. They're, they're not even more terrifying. Because they have to move it around to where the oil is. So they might try to drill down in one spot not quite get it and have to move. So they're mobile. So on this day in September, or sorry, on this day, um, it's December 27th, 1965. Two days after so, Christmas, love it. Yeah, and not so long after that first discovery. Hmm. The crew was working on moving the rig. And so it had to move over two nautical miles. And so that's like 2.3 land miles, because you know. Um, so it was they a pretty have to big be different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so essentially, they had to lower that like big hull, the like big central thing, Terrifying. down onto the water and somehow float it. I don't get how that works. I couldn't figure it out. But they kind of just floated over to the new site and set it back up. Because <laughs> people are living on that, aren't they? Like yes. to monitor stuff. Can you imagine? Just that sounds so terrifying to me because I feel like I would live in fear like all night I'm just laying there like what if we didn't like secure it and it's just gonna slam down like a horrifying like retractable telescope and then we slam into the water that's what I would be thinking about all here's the, the time. other thing that comes up is that they don't have a separate ship on standby it's literally just them on this thing that doesn't sound very safe that sounds like the kind of thing that they do until something happens and then they have one on sta- oh no <laughs> So many rules were happened because we're like, something happened. So what happened when they were trying to do this is um, they have these 10 50-foot supporting legs, and they're trying to lower it down. Um, two of like them. 10 foot around is what you're saying? Uh, no, there's 10 of them. So there's 10 oh. of these legs. They're 50 feet um, t- like tall, basically. And, of course, some of that's in the water. But um, two of them broke during this terrifying causing the whole rig to capsize and everything oh my god and everyone on it fell into the freezing cold water and remember it's winter they had their own little titanic moment there i literally in my notes put that (laughs) no of course you did i'm like honestly you think there were two sailors on a door just like there's room there's room and again, because everything fell into the water, the actual rig itself couldn't send an emergency signal. Oh, my God. Because it's in the water. I, Thankfully, oh, 
There was a ship nearby. The SS Baltimore. Oh, oh my god. Can you imagine being that ship showing up and being like, wow, damn, you didn't have any safety measures in place? This seems crazy. They saw it all go down on this ship. And so of course they called up the, the authorities. And they like start going people start going to try and help. <laughs> Being in this ship, you're just who knows. I don't know what what like the ship was doing. Who knows? But like just hanging out in the ocean, and you look out, and you're like, oh look, an oil rig, cool. And then maybe you see like a couple of the legs start to bend, and you're like, that's weird, right? But you're like, it's fine. Surely they know what they're doing. And then you just, do you think it was fast or slow? Do you think it was like a slow just tip as the whole like little flat part just flipped over, or do you think it was fast? Yes, I can't weird. even imagine it. Yeah. I have to think it, the way they described it is that these legs broke. So I imagine it was like boom with the, they cut the there was too much pressure and they just went like they just broke. And then I imagine the other legs would probably try to uphold it and then couldn't do it. It just all came crumbling down. So I really can imagine how long that would take. You're on the phone with the Coast Guard like, um, the oil rig's going down. What do you mean the oil rig's going down? It's going down. <laughs> I feel like it would be pretty fast because it's like if you have one thing that starts breaking and you have other things to support it and those start breaking, I feel like it would be kind of like a domino effect at that point. Mm-hmm. Just go. I bet it's like the slow to a point and then it just goes. <laughs> the little the little blip heard around the world. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyways. So. As you can imagine, there was quite a bit of chaos as the crew members were left in the water that was stained with oil (coughs) and fuel at this point, clinging on to whatever wreckage that they could. And a quote from Flight Sergeant John Reeson, who had been at the scene, described, we went through a snowstorm. It was clear weather around the oil rig, but it was rough. There was waves 15 feet to 20 feet high. I went down the winch line to men I could see in the water. It was freezing cold. They had been in the water for an hour or two before we got there. One man was hanging on a life who was like hanging on to the life craft, uh, life raft, sorry, um, clenched me with a grip of iron when he reached me. I, it was almost impossible to pick him up, but I managed. He was desperate. So in all of this chaos, we had a Titanic moment. That's just like literally what happened to the people on the Titanic who fell in the water. Oh man! And you have no idea when help is coming either. You're just hanging out in this oil-coated water, just hoping for the best. So, out of the 32 people that were on this rig, 13 lost their lives. That's like a classroom of people. Like you know all those people. That really sucks. They just had Christmas together. That's even sadder. Do you think they did like a a secret Santa or a white elephant or something? And then they're just like, no, Steve. They were probably really close. Probably. Like, how long are they out there for? Like two years or something? Did you say something like that? I have no idea how long they're out there for. I don't know anything about that. But I have to imagine in such a small crew, especially working on such like big machinery, you have to be close to one another. In the middle of nowhere, too. Yes. Yeah. And this is 1965. They don't have phones that they're just watching YouTube on. Their only entertainment is each other. Literally that. They must get radio because otherwise they wouldn't be able to radio for help. But like there's only so many like entertainment radio channels you probably get that far out. Yeah. 
And honestly, you're probably listening with each other. Mm. Although that said, like, this has nothing to do with it. But imagine if there's like any drama on the rig, like you're done. Like everyone knows what you did, Carl. The whole ship. So after this, of course, there was a public inquiry into the sinking. And it was found that there was a fracture in part of this like whole suspension system that had linked the hole when they were lowering, um, lowering it. So it caused like these two legs to have too much pressure. And then that fracture and it just. Is that something they would have been able to see? Like, would they have seen that there were cracks or were like they on the inside and they wouldn't have even known? I imagine it might be one of those things where you do like a maintenance check and you might be able to find it. But still, I'm not quite sure. When they were um, doing this whole investigation, they discovered that several requirements of the Institute of Petroleum's code were not observed, but it wasn't anything that would have actually caused a particular disaster. So they don't think it was like they saw that there were these were damaged and they were like, uh, it's probably fine. Although even then, like what what are they going to do? even if they're not fine, like just hang out on this floating square and hope somebody comes out with two replacement legs. So eventually this led to a bunch of changes to improve safety. One of them, a standby boat, (laughs) because if they didn't have another boat, they would have been screwed. And it took two hours, even with the other boat to get help to come and like retrieve people. So even worse, if not, they also recognized that there needed to be like an offshore installation manager who would be responsible for the health and safety of workers. Really, be paying attention to these people. So this entire tragedy created this position. It did not exist before this. I mean, there are so many things in this world that are simply cre- like you can even tell sometimes about particular things. You look at it or you hear about it, and you're like, that came about because of some like an incident. Like, so many things were like, we don't need to think about this beforehand. We will just do it and see what's broke and fix it later. So, you know, there is a lot of... Here's the other thing. If this particular tragedy didn't happen, I'm just thinking about all those violations that they found. Something was ticking. Something Something was going to happen eventually. Yeah. And so a quote from this BBC article that I found, like, from, I think, like, the day after or something, um, came out with BP's response. And it it says, quote, uh, BP said the tragedy will delay its drilling program. A new purpose-built rig, Sequest, is currently under construction in Belfast, and it will be some months before it will be ready to operate. Now, I don't know if that was a poised question. I'm very sorry for the deaths of all those workers. I'm sorry to the family. None of that. Like, damn, this is really going to push us back some months. Yeah, they really weren't like, oh, my God. Like, so sorry about that, guys. Oh, my God. It's so sad. Squirts like fake tears. Um, What dam was it in America that was supposed to be like a big thing, but they like bypass a lot of warnings and stuff because they're just like, oh, you like we built this. Dam oh, I know which so one you're fast. talking about. Shoot. What was it called? I think like, it was in I California. Hoover Dam, but I don't think that's right. Um, It wasn't the Hoover Dam. It, yeah, it's not the Hoover Dam because that one's actually successful because um, I don't know. I'm, see- I'm seeing a lot of correlations and some people did not do their history homework, though, to be fair. This is not an American company, like you said. Uh, this is a Britain company, but still. Well, where did we us. learn our thing from? 
I mean, where like, did we that, learn? Well, I also want to point out that on BP's current history page, despite having CGEM being like this first discovery of natural gas there, mm-hmm. it's no mention. They, they don't skip it over all. that year. They skip over that year. Well, they really went like, oh, my God, it is so important that, like, we keep those who we lost dear to our hearts. But also, we're going to forget everything that happened that year. We're going to forget everything about it. I mean, I kind of get it because they're like, you know, the the websites, the about us section might be somewhere that, like, potential investors might look. And that's not a good look for your company. So I get it on that end. But But on the other hand, it makes you look shady. Like, do you yeah. not understand that hiding that just makes you look shady? I think it's also like, how did you learn that? from that? This tragedy yeah. happened. Oh, uh, we, we don't do accountability, Annalise. We've never done accountability. Excuse you. Accountability. In it's the so like mm, out of trend. <laughs> and you know what else about that? Like response. It sounds so much like something that would come out now is like a tweet from a company after something happened. Like, it's good to know that we have, there are entire teams dedicated to culminating and formulating responses to like drama or tragedy for companies. And it sounds like we have not made any progress since this point. So we're gonna jump ahead many uh, years um, to 2005. And this is kind of where we're going to live in this 2005 to 2010 timeframe for a while. So we're going to talk about what happened on March 23rd, 2005 at BP's Texas City Refinery. So the United States. So this refinery was the second largest oil refinery in Texas and the third largest in the world. Huge. It had an input capacity of uh, 437,000 barrels a day. Damn. Um. I don't really know how to comprehend how that much that is, but you can imagine. They're not like barrel, barrel. Like, they're not barrels like I'm thinking of them, are they? They're not like saloon barrels. (laughs) Like, I don't think they're made out of wood, but I'm like imagining a barrel of that size. Like an oil drum. Right. I imagine. You call them drums when they're singular and then barrels when they're at the company i don't know which i mean you can still call them like a drum it's about it's literally the same thing it's just difference in like what it's made out of Mm -hmm. i don't know i kind of like saloon barrels well girl i am not going to the saloon and going to be like can i please oil painted in red letters and i go well fuck uh this shit is really strong um i don't think i'm gonna (laughs) drink that I think I am. I think my alcoholism is good. We are clean. I'm not going to Alcoholics Anonymous anymore. You probably couldn't keep oil in a wooden barrel. Like I feel like that would seep. Something so, about that would seep out. It's. I think wood's more porous, so it would it soak is. up in the wood. Yeah. But then I would have oil wood. And yes. I don't know. They'd yeah. Be good so fire then it would starters. be flammable, and that's dangerous. No, sorry, I tuned out and then I tuned because my sister is buying flowers for Mother's Day and she was asking for money. Um, sorry about that. But then I tuned back in just to be like to be like, oh, wood barrels and wine? The barrel gives wine flavor. 
I have heard that. So then the oil would get flavor. Yeah, we read the same book about, like, book series about wine. (laughs) (laughs) Moving away from wine and back to oil. Um, This is oak barrel oil. I only use oak barrel oil in my car. So. It gives it a nice aroma, a nice terroir. (laughs) Oh, no, but do you remember when people thought, like, when there was stuff with the pipeline and people started like hoarding gas and like literally just putting it in plastic bags and tying it and putting it in their car and people had to tell them to not do that. See if they had Oak barrel oil, it would be fine. Go ahead, Annalise. So I'm sure oil refinery just takes um, the fuel. So like the crude oil and then turns it into a bunch of different light petroleum products that would you know, be used for fuel heating, generating electricity, so on and so forth. Pretty state straightforward. It's a refinery. And like the forgive me if I'm wrong, but like the petroleum stuff that like you use on your bod, that's from that too, right? Like Vaseline? Like yeah. Well, maybe not Vaseline specific because I think Vaseline's like got menthol in it. But you know like the petroleum jelly? Yeah. Does that? I imagine it does, because that's what it's made. Why, why would you call it that if it's not? Why just be so dumb someone's screaming? <laughs> I, think <laughs> it's like a, I think it's like a different, like, it's a specific type of petroleum, because they're just like, this, the petroleum jelly is like white petroleum, so it might be the same. I know some some brands are just like, oh, it's petroleum jelly, but we don't have the petroleum in it anymore, but I'll look it up. I'm just like, so petroleum hmm. jelly is exactly what it sounds like, a gel-like byproduct of petroleum, which is a form of crude oil. In fact, oh, it was first oh. discovered by oil rig, wor- oil rig workers who noticed it building up on the machinery and in the bottom of empty oil barrels. So it's like kind of the byproduct of the refinement process, I guess. And then we were all like, yeah, <laughs> put that on my bod. I my want still uses it sometimes and now I have to wonder about the health benefits of that. Like what? Is that good for you? This is random. So like I have like sen- very sensitive skin and it includes my lips. And my doctor has said that like Burt's bees, which is like a fun vegan like cute thing with bees. There she's like oh, yeah for some reason actually. that really that really irritates people who have like sensitive lips like me. me and they were like Vaseline, like Vaseline, is like the way to go, especially unscented. But you know, I love me some some nutty. Because I think it has like nothing. It doesn't have all that oils and stuff. Like Burt's Bees is chock full of those like really like scented oils, and it's just like whoa. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Burt's Bees. It's not wax anymore. It's uh clear Clorox bought it, and they replaced the beeswax with like either coconut oil or canola oil. So it's not even beeswax anymore. It's a lie. It's a lie. Anyway, anyway, capitalism is the illusion of choice. Just remember that. Just so everyone knows, everyone's getting out their things of Vaseline and looking at them right now. I'm like, you know what? Let me go see. And yeah, Miss Cocoa Butter Vaseline really do be like, I am made out of the byproduct of crude oil. And it's like, thanks, bestie. Anyway, apparently petroleum jelly, excuse me is one of the safest products for the skin and it's which is why it's so good for you and Stephanie Annalise is because it's safe for all skin type types and is has very little stuff that you can be allergic to or irritated. Incredible. With. So I love that like oil 
which seems such such a toxic thing is like oh yeah but like if you if you get the good stuff out of it my doctor though he was also like you know if you put it on your skin like it's great for hydrating but it leaves behind that oily feeling so people don't do it so on this particular day um again we're march 23rd 2005 we're, six um, we're so small kindergarten yeah we would have been well march 23rd we would have been five and would have been six she was a big kid <laughs> so bush would be uh, president right now right yes president bush Yes. Don't ask me which bush I mean by that. Junior. Daddy or baby? Oh, baby. <laughs> Daddy or baby? I, what does out been, out is Bush Junior. It. In is Bush baby. That would be his second term, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. So, so that's Obama what we took are. over in like 2008. So on this day, uh, gotta find where I'm in my notes. On this day, uh, there was a highly involved maintenance work being done on some of the units. So there was some additional personnel there. I was like, this would mean, oh, so we're extra safe because there's lots of eyes on it. But you're about to tell me that's actually not the case. No. Sadly, on this day, an explosion occurred. It resulted in 15 deaths and 180 injured. 13 of those injured were in trailers that were 121 feet away. Related to them, to the oil company, or yes. like just nearby it, it residential? It was trailers okay. on the um, property, and there was some like debate because I think the company was saying that they shouldn't have been there, but the trailers were set up for them, and so it's like a it was a bit confusing there. But essentially, there was these 13 people in these trailers. They ended up being injured by the explosions while they were there, and they were workers. In this case, from what I could have gathered. Um, I think there's also another, they had started up this um, ionization unit, and when that started up, it's near the trailer, so the people in the trailer should have been notified to leave, and they weren't. So that's so another. So, all, number one, mistake. Yeah. Okay. So, can I go on a segue? Five seconds. I watched Speed yesterday. And in that, like, the police are always like, oh, like, we cleared the highway. Like, this is, it's safe for you to go 50 miles per hour on this bus not nonstop because you have a bomb on the bus. And if you go below 50, then you'll, you'll explode. And then, like, every time they do this, it turns out that they didn't tell someone. And there's some random, like, pedestrian or, like, guy in a car or, like, worker or something in the, like, in their way. And it, every time it's like, whoa. And it's like, why would no one tell you? Why would no one take five seconds to communicate with a radio to you? Well, obviously you know they did. That, right. You well, know what that was actually baby. making me think of was the Chernobyl incident of like there's they're doing maintenance and they're like missing like they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine to do all of these all at once. It's fine. And then like it's not fine. So essentially. um, What happened is that this explosion was caused because this raffinite splitter tower, which is essentially like this huge distillation column um, that is part of the refinery, you know, separating out those lighter hydrocarbon components was overfilled. And so there was a blowdown there. And in the blowdown drum, it was releasing these like hot hydrocarbons that created this vapor. And altogether, the vapor got ignited, which created the big explosion. How did it catch 
fire. Because obviously it's really flammable. I mean, literally every part of oil is flammable, but like there has to be a spark, right? Actually, now that I think about it, I know that sometimes gases, and I guess it depends on the gas, but if they're like highly pressurized or like very high temperature, they can spontaneously combust. So maybe it was just that. It was also heated. It was like hot hydrocarbons. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things in play here. It's hot. So talking about why this happened, um, there were several failings um, along this whole system. Uh, there's actually this really great article that summarizes all these like hazardous events, uh, and it's going to be linked, but it had this whole breakdown. So during the startup of the machinery, there was some unofficial procedures that were followed, which led to the tower being filled over this like guideline. Okay, so unofficial procedure means to me someone not knowing what the fuck they're doing. Because I feel like when you say unofficial procedure, that makes it sound like, sure, it's not sanctioned, but we know what the fuck we're doing. So I was listening to the U.S., the department, what is it? One of the, I don't think I wrote it down because I didn't think I was going to mention it, but there's this whole department, I think of chemical and hazard safety or something like that. They have a whole safety video where they use this as an example. Don't do this. And Please they're talking follow about official procedure. And they're talking about how these machineries were being kind of run a lot because of these other ones were down for maintenance. So there might have been overworking the other machines. And these people were worried that this uh, if they if it came too low, that was also really dangerous. And so someone was like, it. we'll fill it over just to be safe. But that wasn't safe. <laughs> Who listened to that guy? No idea. So that ended up happening. Apparently, there's also a lack of a specific person responsible for safety. <laughs> I love it when it's not clear who's supposed to be in charge of this fucking circus. And so there was inadequate oversight over the entire refinery and inadequate resources to help keep everything up to date, which I think also leads to like machinery being out of date and then training as well. So, I bet that's also why they had so much maintenance going on in one day, too, because, like, no one was paying attention. They're like, hey, we should really fix this shit or we're going to have a problem until, like, it's all overdue. And you're like, we can just just like the Chernobyl experiment like, or not experiment. It was an experiment incident where they're like, oh, we can just run all of these at once. It's fine. Along with that, there's like this whole list from this article, like I was saying. So there was a faulty alarm that didn't go off properly. <laughs> So it didn't give the warning. Uh, the level indicator for a calibration was outdated. Uh, there was an inadequate assessment of risks, just overall with a couple of these steps. Because so there's no safety person. The pressure release system was obsolete. And there was also a vehicle parked near the explosion that helped with the vapors. That's where it is. So I think something along with that helped ignite. So after this event... Uh, BP was made to pay $3 billion in damages and legal settlements, um, but there was no felony charges for manslaughter or anything yeah, as a result of this. Yeah, uh, because companies, companies don't serve jail time. They just pay a fine that, when you look at their actual profit margins for that year, really mean nothing. It's like so, the profit margins, but it's also like, if you think, you said like 13 people in like trailers died. 
And I, I don't know. Oh, it's just also like the, injured in trailers. Or injured. Was, Sorry, I misunderstood. That's okay. There was 15 deaths, though. 15 deaths. So it is like, if you think about three, was it three or 13? I already lost track. Three billion. Three billion. Three billion. 15 deaths. What, what like, is the inherent value of a life? And like, what's then 15 there's, divided by, what's three billion divided by 15? <laughs> That's not even three billion is damages and legal. I think some of that is not even being paid to those 15 deaths. And then, of course, there's like the injuries, the physical property damages, the trauma. Like, not only do you question, like, what is the inherent value of a life and is it worth like three, like, if you divide three billion by 15, like, is that really worth someone's life? But then it's also like the people who do live but were nearby. It's like, do those people get payouts for witnessing? horrors this event would continue to have disastrous results which i'm going to get into there's some other things that happen with this refinery because it doesn't close down after this um why would you close down the site of a horrible accident you can still make money out of it the guardian reported and you have angry ghosts (laughs) that's a plus the guardian reported that bp fired some staff and disciplined others yesterday after admitting that deeply disturbing internal mistakes were made okay but like what do you want to bet that a weird proportion of the people who were fired happened to be people who were injured in the fire in the explosion and fire and they didn't want to pay anymore that's also illegal though but also we're not you think they don't they care about that we're also not trusting them so these fines were paid and they continue to have a lack of oversight (laughs) as we come into this I'm going to say that's also illegal. Like, none of this is also illegal. I have uh, two other things that I want to talk about related to Texas Refinery that's going to kind of muddle our timeline a little bit. The same Um, one, not like a different refinery in Texas. Same one. My God. So these events were in 2007 and 2010. And then when we get to our next event, we'll be coming back a little bit to closer to when this first explosion happened. I just think it would be a little confusing to jump back into Texas refinery after we've kind of left that subject. So in 20 or sorry, in 2007, in April, 143 workers claimed they were injured due to toxic substances being released at the Texas City refinery. And no, had I love oil. It's so much cleaner than coal. So they had to be sent to the hospital. Workers said that they were dizzy, had sore throats, and one worker, like, passed out. Oh, God. There was uh, reportedly no long-term damage specifically done to their lungs they were looking at, because that's what they were concerned about, inhalation. A federal jury awarded more than $100 million to 10 of them. I believe Who did they this pick for juries for that. Well, here's the thing. Um, the award was stopped and then cut in half by a federal judge in Houston. Why does he get to do that? I really don't understand. And Nine- I wonder how much money got deposited into his account the very next day. Perhaps the other half. So nine other workers were awarded 5000 to 10000 and another one received 240000 for pain, suffering, and medical expenses. Okay, but, like, how much worse did that guy have it that everyone else <laughs> got, like, five grand and he got $240,000? Like, what was going on with him? So according to one of the lawyers, Tony Busby, which is a fun name, 
fuzzy. Um, they tried to minimize it, attack the credibility of the workers. They simply would not admit they had released something, but they still paid. Something. Oh, wow. Well. So the same as today. We have progressed 0% in that regard. In 2010, the Texas Attorney General charged uh, BP with admitting harmful air pollutants illegally from the refinery for over a month. Did they know the whole month? After this, BP admitted that they had malfunctioning equipment that had released over 530,000 pounds of chemicals into the air, including uh, benzene, nitrogen, sorry, nitrogen oxide, oh my God, nitrogen oxide, and carbon monoxide. When oh, that, that's super making, safe one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When BP was making the repairs to equipment that had caught fire at some point, they shut that down their machines, rerouted the gases, and then instead of shutting down the units surrounding it, they continued to run them. Oh, so they for sure knew the whole time. It was like they might have just, here's the thing, either they, they knew, which is negligent. Also, they could have just not checked and then didn't know. So for over a month, this was happening. They just, like, didn't think to go check that it was all Gucci. That, like, I feel like there's no way they didn't check at one point. But then also, like, everything else we've learned about this company says, they like, they really anything. don't. They don't have protocol. Yeah. We have only unofficial procedures. So this charge led to residents of Texas City to file their own suit, alleging that the gases had made them sick. I mean, you have carbon monoxide that you're just, like, shooting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... So yeah. that's why I've been having headaches for a whole month and yeah. have been passing out at random intervals. But, you know, BP was absolved of any wrongdoing because there was no evidence linking illnesses to the chemicals released. No, I mean, there's no evidence that carbon monoxide is bad for you. None. Like, like nothing happened. Those alarms that you have in your house, those aren't for carbon monoxide. No. That's just to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. He went, oh, my God, no, guys, it's actually all the water you're drinking. Like, what we're doing is totally safe and fine. Don't worry about it. Like, sleep it's it off. junk food you guys are eating. You should really try keto. <laughs> you guys should, like, stop. Like, try paleo or keto or something. It's the best you guys thing. are overthinking. I'm not gaslighting you, literally, but anyway. I know. BP really said gaslight girl boss gatekeep. Yeah. That's not the right order, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, keep gaslight, girl boss, let's go. So that th- that kind of resolves what I have so far for Texas City Refinery. I'm sure there's probably other small incidences that... And who knows what we don't know. They could be dumping gas into Texas right now, and who's to say? Are they still open? I don't remember. I have to double check. They could still be dumping chemicals into Texas right now. It, they sold it, <laughs> apparently. Okay, they sold it. So somebody else is dumping gases into Texas right now. Super fun. Anyway, we're going to um, kind of roll back our timeline to 2006. So, so like a year after this initial Texas refinery explosion, this is when right. this takes place. This is uh, Purdue Bay. Um, in March 2006, the largest oil spill, 200,000 gallons to be exact, ever in the northern sl- in the north slope of Asica. Oh my God, I cannot speak. She cannot speak. <laughs> you didn't do your vocal exercises before this, Annalise? 
we're ready. <laughs> so the largest oil spill ever in this north slope of Alaska occurred. This area is known for its oil. Um, BP Exploration Alaska pleaded guilty to a federal environmental crime because they had failed to present, prevent this spill. And then BP, the bigger company, um, pleaded guilty to violating the Clean Water Act, which means that it's like a misdemeanor for them, and ended up on a three-year probation. I know this is like 2006, you said, right? Mm-hmm. And like, they knew, they knew that like, in the next 20, 30, 50 years that like there were going to be problems environmentally. So I can kind of see how in 2006 they would be like, don't do that. Betty. Don't just spill water into but our But now that we're in 2022 20. and we're like, like shit's on fire. And I'm like, I really wish you'd made that a felony is what I'm saying. So what that probation means for them is that during this period, the company Nothing must satisfy... Really. The company must satisfy satisfy certain conditions and must keep up with courts appraised um, for its compliance. So it's really variable. I think essentially they're just working with the courts in this to like ensure safety. But come on. Uh-huh, sure. So they paid 20 million in fines. Uh, when this incident was investigated, it was found that the pipeline that caused this bill was not maintained and was allowed to not. road. Of course not. We don't take so, care of things here at BP. So, like, there was this, like, black sludge under the pipe, and there was all these little bacteria that were living there that produced oh, this, like, corrosive acid. And then it ate at the pipe for years. By the way, I just found a thing that says that BP made about 7.3 billion dollars in profit in the year 2006. So 12 million is nothing. A drop Literally in the it's like a quarter that one of the guys had in his pocket as he went into court. You know. So that happened. The spill went undetected for days cuz no one's going out there. And um, no one's checking oh, on it. Oh, it's cold in it's Alaska. Cold. I don't need, I don't want to go to Alaska to check on the pipes. But here's the thing. There was multiple warnings from their detection system. The check engine lights been on for three years. <laughs> just ignored it. It's fine. Don't look at that. The intern comes in like, should we be worried about that, the 26 error messages and warnings on that? And the guy's like, just click, click, clears. Thing. Nah, don't worry about that. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. A few months later, August 2006, another pipeline had the same issue and leaked oh a thousand gallons. Oh my God. They were not charged for this incident because of their willingness to cooperate with the investigation. Uh-huh. Heart. <laughs> Don't people still get, like, sussed when they're, like, guilty of something and they go on anyways? Like, it doesn't fucking matter. They're still just like, uh, that's nice and all, but you st- you still killed a man. You still I know, stabbed him. I was thinking him. that, like, this one's not, like, there's no direct death to this story, this one particular, but, like, I was thinking about the explosion again, and I was like, if I hit someone with my car on accident, I'm probably going to jail. Well, here's the thing you can think about. The environment and the wildlife that live up there were probably affected. No, yeah, fish for sure. Needs. Oh, that's fair. And the fish. I was thinking about that, too. Like, even if, because obviously, like, 
the whales can't litigate a case against BP oil, unfortunately. But like, no, I'm I'm surprised like fishing companies weren't more upset by that. Because if there's one language that we in America understand, it's profits. And I'm sure that fishing companies like saw a real dip in profits because sure, Alaska is known for oil, but it's also known for like fish. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm surprised that other people weren't more upset about that because like that had to have cut into their profits significantly. There's also like endangered animals that were probably made more endangered. Yes, also that, but no one makes money off of endangered animals, Stephanie. <laughs> Excuse me, China and pandas? Yeah, I was going to go like... That's true. What are they called? Conservatories? Whatever. Yeah, maybe like they, they technically... They I guess it should be more money, specific. No like... one makes money off of endangered animals dying. Or I guess they do. Poachers do. But like, not in an oil spill. No one wants the pelt of something that's covered in oil. It's gross. I got you an I otter hate. that's covered in oil, so it is forever waterproof. But it smells like the ocean <laughs> and death. And oil. She does not smell good. Bath and Body Works cannot save this. <laughs> bath and Body Works. Yeah. Just rub a Bath and Body Works candle on it for a little while. It'll be fine. Why a candle? I don't know. I like here, like, out of all because things, the, like, a candle. You because the soaps say not tested on animals. Okay. I have one more thing in our timeline that I want to cover, and then I think I want to split this into two parts, and I mm. want to cover our big incident, and then a little bit of how they got away with this, you know, coming up against big corporations in the next episode. So I'm going to do Can this one last... Is the big incident the thing I think it is? It is. Don't talk about it. I won't. Oh, I'm just thinking, like, 15 people died in one incident and, like, 13 other people died in another. Like, they weren't... It, it, those were big, but there is bigger. There is more to show We're going to go triple digits with this one. I actually have no clue, and I'm a little scared. So, in so this, it turns out if you don't hold companies accountable, uh, they can kill whoever they want in any amount like, of numbers. Oh my god, we got away uh, with it. Cough so the Sacklers cool. and Purdue. Sorry, bestie. So you know, I'm this, a Capricorn. I gotta murder people occasionally. I go so crazy just this like last that. one. Just this last one before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. In 2008, uh, September 2008 to be exact, a uh gas platform suffered a blowout. So an uncontrolled release of crude oil after pressure control systems have failed. Everyone was safely evacuated. There was no injuries. But this whole incident. Because they had that boat. They had they had the extra boat. This whole incident was concealed from the public and was leaked. They don't need to know that. They don't need it, to know anything about that. It was leaked by U.S. Uh, diplomatic cables in 2010. Additionally, following this. Uh, event, Azerbaijan's president accused uh, BP of using, quote, mild blackmail to secure the right to develop oil in the Caspian Sea region and stealing oil from his country. This was never. What what is mild blackmail? Like, I have no idea. What is what is the ranking? I have no idea. But this guy said mild blackmail. So, you know, I would say mild blackmail is maybe threatening to tell your wife you're having an affair. Uh, higher up blackmail is uh, threatening to expose you did something bad as president and or like a war crime. How do you this probably wasn't that close to the shore, but like nobody noticed a giant 
pool of oil? What? They probably kept him away from that area. They were like, no, no, you don't yeah, want to go over here. There's nothing Twitter here. Who like follows like Elon Musk, Elon Musk like jets or planes? Yes. Yeah. Oh my if god. Only that hero was around back then. Not all heroes wear capes. So that's although the blackmail incident was it's alleged. It was ever confirmed, so nothing alleged. came alleged. Well, obviously the president's not gonna tell him like what they had against him. No. That would defeat so, the point of blackmail. As an aside on on Marx's rampages again, in a capitalist society when there are very few choices, and as Kelsey said previously, there's the illusion of choice. You cannot be an active, you cannot be like a mindful consumer, and in a way, there is a form of blackmail. Like you are forced to support the company you do not want to support because there is no other option. Sometimes. Yeah, right. Like, what are you supposed to do? Not get oil to drive your car especially in america like you need a car to get places like you need a car to go to work you need a car to be able to go get groceries like it's not we really don't have much in the way of public transportation like it varies state like state to state city to city but for the most part to get anywhere you need a car so you need oil and you can't always know where it's coming from how do they got away the show where we talk about our failing infrastructure I have a suspicion that a lot of these corporate ones are going to be very anti-capitalist. Shaking hands like, yo, capitalism is not great. Hate that grind. You got to let Annalise finish. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I just have one little fact that I want to slip in here. So this time period that we are currently discussing, we'll continue to discuss uh, next episode from 2007 to 2010. BP had 760 egregious, willful violations, as stated by the U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration, so OSHA. Here's to put it into perspective. Other oil companies, Sunoco, eight, Sitco, two, Exxon, one. Compare that to 760. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of OSHA violations. So, again, uh, Mama Mia, here we go again. You know what, That doesn't surprise me even a little bit, because literally since the 60s, this company has just not cared about its employees. British people said... Do we ha- do we care about people? I don't think so. I don't this- think so. I don't see um we're going to keep taking oil from brown people, but anyways, as we oh. as our ancestors used to do with the spices, and the Texans will take their oil too. Yeah, they were just like other colored people there. Mine. Anyways, to wrap this up, thank you for coming to our table of disappointment. I think disappointed. We are all very disappointed. And we'll see you next episode where we're going to talk about Deepwater Horizon. See you then. That sounds like a horror movie. Bye. Bye. Bye.